So this is a, a very powerful week. And I, I figured I should share. I didn't know if I wanted to share it, but I just heard the Holy Spirit say, no, talk to the people, let them know, because it's helpful. So I got home um, on Tuesday and some things had happened and um, somebody who I thought, you know, would never betray me, betrayed me. And um, I was just going through some stuff, you know, just sorting through it. And I realized, like, since I've been here, going on a year now, that you know, I don't go out a lot. I stay home. And, um, but I really noticed like a lot of times just not feeling energized to do stuff. So I would have to make myself get to work and then I would go to work. And then once I went to work, I went in, you know, and then, then, you know, like I had to come out in exhaustion and then I kind of go back into this little bit of a slump again. And soon as stuff was on the table, I, pop out, jump back in it again. So this week I was laying and I was really, really just tired, sleepy, just didn't feel motivated to get up and do much except for whatever had to be done. And I was laying there and it was Thursday. And God said to me, you need to get up from here. You need to get up. And I knew he was saying, get up from the couch. I would sleep on the couch sometime more than I would sleep in my bed. Just kind of just, just not feeling, you know, motivated. That would be the word I would use. And um, when he said you need to get up, I knew he wasn't talking about physically get up off the couch. He was telling me something inside of me needed to get up. I needed to come out of this place, this heaviness, this this, whatever this was that I was feeling almost since I moved here, actually. And I would go through seasons of it. Um, more seasons in than out. You wouldn't know, because when you see me and you see me on the news and the magazines, you're like, oh, he out there, he's making it happen. But you don't know what happened when I, come, when I would come in, the, in my house and close my door. It's easy to, to put that on for a minute. And I got up and I said, no more of this. I, whatever this is, it's over. Got stuff to do. I got things to focus on. Need to get back to life and, or get to life, if not back. He told me the next day to call a friend of mine who I haven't heard from in like six, seven years. I'm like, okay, call him, check on him, see how he's doing. He stopped talking to me. And I know the last time I had spoken to him, I prayed with him because his girlfriend had committed suicide. And um, he was going through some stuff and I prayed with him. And he started talking about his situation. He started talking about how God had to deliver him and what he had gone through. And he described how he had gone through a five-year bout of depression. And he started describing what it felt like and what he was going through. And as he was talking to me, I was like, oh my God. I was going through a bout of depression. See, and in our mind, we think depression is somebody staying, sitting there with a gun to their head. 
But no, sometimes it's just these people sit in the bed and eat into their 700 pounds. Or they'll just sit in one place and with all the lights off and the doors and the windows closed and just stay in the dock and just not go outside or whatever. You know, it's different ways that people deal with it. And I had no idea that God had just yanked me out of a state of depression. I didn't even know that that's what depression felt like. And I, and I got up and I said, wow. You know, I know for the past couple of months, I haven't been to the gym. I didn't go to the pool. My blood pressure went through the roof. And it's all of this stuff just sitting on me. Wow. Wow. I believe the word I teach y'all. But you know, it's them little foxes sometimes. It's them little areas that we let things get in and we don't check because we think we got it. We don't think we need to stop and say, God, maybe this one bigger than me. Maybe my way of working around it every day and maneuvering is not helping right now. Maybe I need something deeper than just my I confession today. Can I be honest with people here up in here today? God said to me, you got to get up. And I knew that get up meant more than get up off the couch. It meant something in me had to break. Something, something had to be lifted off of me. And I didn't have to know what it was. I just knew it wasn't God. I didn't have to know what it was. I just knew it wasn't peace. I didn't have to know exactly the details and have somebody come over me and speak and prophesy. There's a spirit of depression on you and you need to be free. I didn't. I just knew my father said to me, get up. And the get up he was saying to me was a state of spirit. You have to snap out of this because this is not where I need you right now. I don't know where you guys are on this thing today, but I know we all get confronted with these kind of things. But we learn to live with the limp. You know, if I, if I, if I, if I sway my shoulders enough, it won't look like a limp. It, it, it look more like I'm walking cool, but it's a limp. Oh, can we have a real conversation today? I know how to put the cheese face on at the right time. Oh, the camera's on me now. Okay, I got to look regal and royal because this is the, the look but when you get home before God God wants to talk to me and you about the real us so I'm, I just want to give a charge this morning get up from there get up from there in your spirit Rise up on the inside. Last week I said, don't pray so down, so up. Get up from there. And that's the word he said to me, son, get up from there. And I didn't have to know what it was. You know, church folk want to be so Dr. Phil all the dog on time. Well, I believe it come from my childhood. You know, when my mother threw a shoe at me. And from that day on, shoes, every time I see a shoe, you know, just get up from that stupidity. You don't have to break it down. Just get up. Rise up in him. Take the stand and say, enough. And it's all it took was for me to say just at that moment, he said, get up for me to say yes. I don't need to know where it came from. 
I don't need to know the root of it. I don't need to know if it was from my childhood all the way up. I don't need to know. I just need to know I can get up. Rise above. Be bigger and stronger than. Who am I talking to this morning? Be bigger than, stronger than that thing that has kept me in this circle all the time. And everybody looking at me and say, oh, he just got it all together. And, and I'm going, God, I know I don't. And he said, yes, you do. But you got to get up. You got to stand up. You got to walk in who I called you. You got to start to call those things that be not as though they were. You got to claim your inheritance. That's yours. I did that for you. I gave that to you. That is yours. It's not becoming yours. It won't someday be yours. It's yours now. Get up. Get up. Rise up. Wow. So yesterday I said, I, I got to get up. I got to get up. I got to go outside. I need to leave the house. I need to go outside. So I said, I'm going to get dressed and get out early in the morning. But I still kept dragging my feet because, you know, when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, like every day of the week, I would say, I'm going to get out. And then I look up and it's dark. And I go, oh, I guess I ain't getting out today. But yesterday, I said, I'm going to get out here by 11. It wound up being three. But still, I got dressed and I went out. And I just decided I'm not taking the car. I'm going to walk. And I started walking. I caught Angie. And me and Angie were talking. You know, and I have my spot. I'm going to walk to this place. And I'm turning around. I'm going to come back. That's about three miles. And I looked up at a certain point and realized that I had gone far past that point. And by the time me and Angie got off the phone, I had walked four and a half miles, not thinking that I had to turn around and come back. <laughs> That's safe. <laughs> but I got there, me and Angie talked. I said, I'm gonna go in here and hold food. I'm gonna get me some food. I'm gonna turn around and then I'm gonna go back. And my body was in disagreement with this idea. My Bible was like, like yeah, yeah, you know, you can say all that you want, but I'm not, I'm not for this walk. And I said, no, we're going we gonna, to we gonna, we gonna do this walk. So I happened to call Talima for something and she, oh, about some, some good walking shoes. And she said, daddy, you, don't you think you're overdoing it? I said, well, maybe my body's definitely saying that. So she said, um, yeah, you should just call an Uber and just go on back. And all of that made sense to me. But I said, well, I'm going to walk a little bit and see how I feel. But I knew already in my mind, I had made up my mind, I'm not calling an Uber. But I didn't want to have the discussion back and forth if I was overdoing it and, you know, you're older and you need it. I didn't even want to have the conversation in my mind. <laughs> I already made up my mind. I was going to just go for this. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to get off the phone right now because, you know, I need to, you know, think about some stuff. I just didn't want any influence well-meaning caring contrary influence let me say that again well-meaning caring but contrary influence god speaking one thing to me my flesh is saying something else and then people come along to back up the fear. 
and they come along to give you something trying to help that goes against what you and your spirit decided to do. And I decided to get up and I decided that my body didn't have say so. And I decided that my flesh didn't have control at this moment. I'm going to do this. Did this walk. And as I walked, I came to a realization. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've said the scripture before. But I did it. I did it. And I got back in and I got a call from a neighbor or a text from a neighbor. Actually, as I was heading back saying, I need to speak to you. And I said, uh, I'm quite a distance away. It's going to be a minute. He said, I don't care when you get back. Call me. And I got scriptures and stuff here. I didn't plan to just call and share testimonies, but this is where I am. And, you know, I like to share with you guys what God is doing. And I got back and everything in me was like, you just want to lay down right now and just, and, and I spoke to Esther. She said, don't lay down, stretch. You got to stretch. You just did a long thing. You need to stretch. I'm like, my body is not in agreement with any of this. So I stretched the best I could. <laughs> it's got to a certain point that I wasn't even picking my feet up. I was just kind of dragging my feet along with me. It, 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 it got to a point by the time I got back, I was like, whew. But I stretched and I texted Brother Lennon, I was back. And he said, can you meet me by the pool? I went down and met him by the pool and he had his weed and he had his drink. And he's high for sure. He said, I really need to talk to you. And he started talking to me about how his addictions were getting the best of him. He's a successful brother doing well. But he said, you're the person that I know that I look to and respect. I know you don't do this stuff. And I know where your heart is. I know how you are. And he always calls me D, but he just kept calling me Mr. Brown this day and yesterday. And it was weird, but he was saying it in a place of reverence and respect. He was saying, I need help. I need some help here. And he was laying out his plan for me for recovery. And I listened to him talk long enough. And I was like, okay, enough of this madness. You've done AA before. You've done all of this. And here we still are. Like, can we talk about Jesus? Can we talk about God? Can we talk about this? So I know I believe in Jesus. I'm like, okay, well, we need to get you to believe a little bit different. And um, so I want to pray with you. And he literally right there at the pool, people all around on the concrete, got down on his knees. I was like, no, you don't, you don't you have to. He said, no, no, no. I, I want to do it like this. And he got down on his knees right in front of the pool chair. And I laid my hands on him. I prayed with him. He just texted me not too long ago, said, can I see you this morning? And I said, well, after service. There's a humble but powerful place we have in this world. And we can do so much more than we, we allow God to do to us. But we let these feelings, these emotions, these, these fleshly limitations have more power than they should have. And this is not a put down. This is not a condemnation. This is not a rebuke. This is an encouragement. You're bigger than you think you are. 
you're more powerful than you think you are. And you have way more control than you think you have. And the devil continues to lie to us and tell us that we're limited. But I'm here to tell you that you're not. I'm here to tell you that you are limitless. I'm here to tell you that my 63-year-old body walked close to nine miles yesterday. And I feel strong today. I don't feel no pain. I'm ready to go down there and meet with this brother and minister to him some more. I'm ready to do whatever it is God has me out here to do. I don't want to just keep living my life. I want to live my life with purpose. I want to know what the purpose is for my life. And I'm going to say this to you and I'm going to say this to me. If you get focused on your purpose and if you get focused on what God put you here to do, you'll be less focused on what I don't have. Do I have a husband yet? Do I have a house yet? Do I have a car yet? Do I have a friend yet? Do I don't have a lot of friends? I need more friends. Are the friends I had ain't good friends. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all this stupid stuff that we get so caught up in. If I would just, I'm speaking to me. That if I could just be focused on my purpose, my purpose was to get up. And after doing that, that brother called me. I need you. I need you. Like, I need you right now. And I could have said, bro, I'm tired, man. You, do you understand? I just walked this long. I need the rest. Everything in me screamed. Just lay down. Sit down for me. I said, I can't sit down. If I sit down, I'm not getting up. I'm going to go down here to this pool. I said, at least I'm going to take these shoes off because these shoes on my feet is enough already. But I'm going to go down to this pool with my flip-flops and I'm going to see what this brother needs. And I'm going to be there to be a service to God to minister a word to a brother who needed it at the time. He didn't say, I accept Jesus, I'm born again and jump around. No, but I got a plant chance to sow seed. And now he just texts me saying, can I see you again today? What we doing? I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go see him. And I'm going to talk to him some more. And I got to smell his weed while he's smoking it and watch him drinking one drink. <laughs> but I'm going to be there for him. And I'm going to share with him what God gives me to share with him. I, I'm getting a better understanding of my life not being my own. And I want to leave you with this. I always took that saying from the Lord as kind of, we may not say it out loud, bullying. I thought it was kind of offensive. Your life is not your own. You belong to Christ. Your body is Christ. He bought you with a price. Uh, I know it's true because the word says it, but I don't like that. I don't like nobody telling me you ain't got no say. So I, I control your life and I tell you what it is. Church folk won't admit that, but we ain't nobody like that. And you designed not to like that. You made in the image and likeness of God. Who's God's boss? So the God in you rebels against subjugation. Oh, you don't, you don't want to have a real conversation with me right now. The God in you don't like nobody talking down to you or treating you like you beneath them. That's a, that ain't something to be shamed of. That's the God in you. It's just that we don't let it come out of us in the flesh. We, we got to learn how to deal with it in the spirit. But nobody's supposed to put you underneath them. Nobody's supposed to put you down and put their thumb on you and control you. That's why welfare is such a horrible thing. Because welfare, they, can, they, they try to keep you there and not let you get out. They would rather keep you there because that's a control thing. You're supposed to use that to help you get up on your feet and move. But they, people that learn to stay there, you stay subjugated to that for the rest of your life. But that, that's a side journey. I digress. My point is, 
God created us to be kings and queens, his children. We don't want to be spoke to and treated a certain way, and that's not evil. So when I understood when, what I walked, when he said, your body's not your own, I understood what it meant in a different way than I ever did before. And here's what it means to me. Your body is not your flesh's. It don't belong to your flesh. That's what it means. It's yours, but don't give it to your flesh. It's yours, but don't give it to your anxiety, your frustration, your fear, your worry. It's yours. The body is yours to do what you want. And if you want to give it to your flesh, then you reap the consequences. He said, your body's not your own meaning. Don't let the you, the natural earthly you own it. Let the, your body be your own in the realm of the spirit. And then God leads you. And I was like, I, I see that now. My body wants to lay on the couch. My body wants to lay around all day and watch the sun go down. But the spirit in me wants to get up and go do something bigger and better and pursue my destiny. So I had to look at my flesh and say, that body don't belong to you. It's not yours. Yeah, it's a flesh body, but it's not yours. It belongs to the spirit. My body belongs to his spirit. It don't belong to the flesh. And I know I'm going to have to practice that and walk that out a bit. It's just the revelation I got now. I'm just giving it to you, hot off the press, so we can start on this process together. That's why I said last week, don't pray toward the to earth. Pray so up, so up, and let this blessing come down. We're bigger. We're bigger than we give ourselves credit to be. We're more powerful than we accept we are. I can tell you that from Thursday to now, and I'm a different man, a different person, and anybody who has spoken to me will tell you that. It's like my life has been totally transformed in a couple of days. It don't take God years to do it, baby. It don't. It's like that if you say yes. It don't take months. It don't take years. God can take you from poverty to total prosperity like that. It don't take years. It don't take days. So you could just get a phone call and or, or be walking down the street. It don't take forever. I'm telling you it don't. It changes overnight. I'm living proof of it. But I'm telling you, you got to put that flesh under. You got to put it under. And people you really get focused on the sins of the flesh that are common, you know, but no, it's the sins of the flesh that's the ones that you don't even consider sin. I didn't consider laying on the couch or we can fetal position a, a, a sin. Come on now. But it was sitting there rotting away, letting my health deteriorate and all kind of bull crap because I'm feeling sorry for myself and life ain't fair to me and blah, 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 blah. We don't call that sin. Oh, he cussed. So what? The cuss is over with. Repent of that. But what you do with the long-term stuff in your life, all that unforgiveness and harbored bitterness and all that stuff that starts to take over you, that stuff is more powerful than the fact that he went clubbing and she did this and he fornicated. I mean, I'm not making light of that stuff, but I'm saying that's sins of the outward flesh. The sins of the spirit are the things that will kill you. Me not being in the place God need me to be in the place of power that he called me to. I've seen a, 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 a what do you call it? 
sad thing in the earth. I'm rephrasing it. Princes walking like slaves and slaves riding horses like princes. God's like, it's a sad, it's a, it's a sorrowful thing to see the children of God living beneath their means, living beneath their power, living beneath their, their, their ability to, to, to be a, a demonstration of God's power in this earth. So get up. Get up. Get up out of that. Get up out of the sorry. Get up out of the, the bitter. Get up out of the hurt. Get up out of the pain. Get up out of my childhood was like this. Get up out of that. Get up out of that. And watch God shine his power on you as soon as you step into that place. As soon as you step into that place of enough. Enough of me living beneath my calling, power, principle, privilege. Enough. Enough. Get up out of there. Angie put the, the, the verse up there. Thank you, Angie. Um, Ecclesiastes 10, 7. Get up out of that place. Walk into the newness of life that you called into in every area. You're not called to just be in church. You're called to be out here being a light and a symbol of God's power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get up. In Jesus' name. Amen.